Welcome back to Composer Quest. I'm your host here in Minneapolis, Charlie McCarran, and this podcast is my way of sharing advice on songwriting and composing from all sorts of creative people. You can download or stream all 75 other episodes at composerquest.com. I'm excited to bring you this episode with Ellen Stanley, aka Mother Banjo. I looked for him there. I looked for him here. I was waiting got to come down Ellen brought her banjo into the Composer Quest studio and shared some stories behind her songs and the surprising tale of how she crossed paths with Paul McCartney In addition to being an awesome singer-songwriter herself, Ellen has a passion for helping other artists succeed in the music business. She went from being a music publicist at Red House Records to her current position as executive director of the Minnesota Music Coalition. This podcast has benefited from a couple of events that Ellen hosted, including the previous episode on tax tips for musicians. It's going to be a good episode, so stick around. But first, I have a special shout-out to the second-ever patron of Composer Quest, Dan Wefflin. Dan and I go way back to Boy Scout Troop 132, and we also rode the bus together and nerded out about Magic the Gathering. Dan has since moved on to bigger and better things, like working on a PhD in physics. So thanks very much, Dan. For anyone else out there who would be interested in becoming a patron, visit patreon.com slash charlie. Now let's get on to my talk with Ellen Stanley. Ellen, thanks for joining me here on Composer Quest. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been fun coming to the Music Coalition events that you put on. Yeah. Um, Kevin Bow, if for podcast listeners, they'll remember the Kevin Bow episode. Um, Where he talked was, about songwriting and publishing. Yeah, that was a really, really cool event that I got to get Kevin involved in with the Minnesota Music Coalition. And as an artist, I... I know that we need a lot of help, <laughs> so it's been, it's been good getting to share some of uh, other musicians and other professionals' expertise with artists, so that you know they can they can do their thing. Yeah. So, the Minnesota Music Coalition. How did that start? Basically, it was a bunch of musicians, industry professionals, folks from the community, the business community, and arts community who really cared about Minnesota music, they determined that what artists really need is an organization to support them, connect the different musicians with industry professionals, and provide the skills and resources and opportunities to have sustaining careers in music. So that's kind of the mission of the Minnesota Music Coalition. And for people listening who aren't in Minnesota, mm-hmm. what suggestions would you have for them to start a coalition there yeah you know actually in some states they already have organizations like the minnesota music coalition some of which are going like gangbusters um i know that there's a des moines music coalition which puts on a very cool conference thing every year and they had uh nels klein from wilco was there this year i mean they're very active and you know des moines not a huge town so there's other organizations like that i think milwaukee there's one in milwaukee i don't know if it's for all of wisconsin or focused around the milwaukee area but there are organizations like that throughout the state so i would just look there the other thing is on a national level the future of music coalition uh, which is based in dc 
they focus kind of on supporting musicians, but from a more policy-based thing. So they sometimes do some lobbying and other things in Washington relating to whether it's digital downloads or, you know, intellectual property, things that affect musicians. So they're a very cool organization and they're pretty connected with smaller organizations. That would be a good place to start because they might be able to connect you with some of these other coalitions that happen in other states. So Cool. And if folks want information about the Minnesota Music Coalition, they can just go to mnmusiccoalition.org and find out more about us. Awesome. Maybe we could talk a little bit about your music. Okay. And so Mother Banjo Mm -hmm. is your group. And how long have you been playing banjo? Banjo is not my first instrument. So I grew up playing classically. So I played piano, oboe. So if you want something more nerdy than the banjo, (laughs) I think the oboe might take the cake. Um, It's not so good for accompanying yourself with singing, though. And I had really always loved the sound of the banjo. And I thought, well, because I was really looking for an acoustic instrument to accompany myself singing. So I just decided, I'm like, I really like the banjo. Why don't I? There's enough mediocre guitar players out there. I'm going to be a mediocre banjo player. (laughs) I feel like you picked the oboe of the string instrument (laughs) you're kind of right like when it's done well it's so beautiful and when it's not it's like awful and it's easy to make fun of (laughs) yeah it's true and i feel like it has the same kind of timbre like same you're right it has a it has a kind of um even though it's not a reed instrument it has that kind of reedy quality one thing that also was just a, a lucky accident is that i found that my voice just complemented the banjo well um my voice being a sort of rounder sound and an alto, you know, it kind of worked with the higher strings on the banjo, the higher twang of the banjo. But I also kind of, one thing I really like about the banjo that's different from the guitar is that, well, A, it's a percussive instrument, and I utilize that a lot when I play. I mean, folks listening to the podcast can't see this, but my banjo has this worn out groove for me hitting it so hard because basically you have a snare drum as part of your instrument so but also i like that it's a staccato instrument so there's no sustained notes on a banjo i mean it really doesn't ring out for very long at all unlike a guitar where the notes Mm. are very resonant and it's a beautiful thing about a guitar but it presents an interesting challenge especially when you're playing solo on a banjo because and that's why most like bluegrass pickers play so fast you're either playing or you're not hmm but I kind of like this space. So a lot of my songs play with the openness of that. So I, I play much slower most of the time purposefully. So there's, again, gaps between the notes and then my voice is filling in the gaps. So I think about that a lot when I, I think that's another thing I like about writing on the banjo is keeping space for the words and the melody and not overtaking it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I hadn't thought of it that way. Is there a song you would sure. want to Start us uh, off. Is there anything? Well, maybe if we went back to one of your early banjo tunes, Come yeah, Life. Sure. Yeah, and that actually was probably the second song I wrote on the banjo. Ooh, cool. Um, and this is probably a good example of that kind of sparseness that, that you get with some of my tunes. Come life, come to me. My bones are tired, work has driven from me all my desire. 
I can't make it out The hand is fading The words on the pages They have left me Come life, come to me When did you lose me? One day I woke up And there was no green I saw gray and white a blur of snow time I am full of gold I hear a crow song is beautiful oh thank you (laughs) thank you very much what was the inspiration for that well that song actually started with an old shaker tune which goes something like come life shaker life come life eternal shake shake out of me all that is carnal i'll take nimble steps i'll be a david i'll show michael twice how he behaved and it's a really beautiful round. And I heard it growing up a lot. I heard a lot of gospel music growing up. And I always loved the melody. But it's kind of weird because it's supposed to be this joyful praise song. But it's really kind of a dark melody. So I kind of did a twist on that where it was, like many of my songs, written in winter because in Minnesota, what else are you going to do when it's really cold, you mm-hmm. know? Dwell in the dark, cold place. (laughs) And so uh, this song definitely came out of a long winter. And um, what I really pictured was, again, instead of being a song about life and dancing and joy and praising the universe, I thought this would be kind of the opposite. It's someone who's maybe, who I pictured was an old man facing death who wasn't really ready to let go. Again, in winter, these are the kinds of things I think about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice, happy topics. But it's kind of ironic. It's called, of course, Come Life. And it's really sort of about impending death. But I was surprised how much of a response it got because, like, I don't really have a hook in the song. There's Like, in the beginning, I really struggled with writing choruses. And this doesn't have a chorus. It just has a repeating line. That's all. But I was surprised. People really picked up on it. And it actually ended up getting me to be a, a Midwest finalist for the Mountain Stage New Song Contest. And I'd never submitted for anything like that. And it got cool. me in. And I, I felt a little bit guilty about that, only because I'm like, well, it wasn't purely original. You know, I, I kind of started with that seed. On the other hand, all songs probably come from somewhere. You know? Yeah. In fact, I just heard um, great local songwriter Brian Laidlaw 
perform and he has a song called thieves and it's kind of basically about how all artists to some degree are thieves which i think is probably true yeah certainly true in my case anyway (laughs) yeah brian was on this podcast oh really yeah oh great he and i've played some shows together i really love his writing yeah brilliant guy with Mm -hmm. songwriting oh yeah so poetic and and writes so differently for me and we both love each other's songs a lot but you know he packs in so many words they're so dense whereas i think i go on this sort of economical amount of words what's your process when you're writing a song in general i do start with lyrics first sometimes it's it's really like a one one line like every other songwriter i'm sure it's like i'm a great eavesdropper and you know you hear someone say something or every once in a while i'll say something and then someone repeats it later and i'm like oh that's actually a pretty good line. Hmm. <laughs> For instance, one song I wrote called One Hello, the chorus is, I was one hello from saying goodbye. And that was something I said on the phone to a friend when she had called me and I said, hello, hello, and I didn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden she picked up the phone and she's like, sorry, I, I was dealing with something in traffic. I had to put the phone down. And I said, oh, I was one hello from saying goodbye. I was one hello from saying goodbye. Well, I could have gone before, but I stayed on the line. So yeah, you kind of you kind of never know if you're open to he- hearing those lyrics. And I also have you know I have books of just cool lines or phrases. Or sometimes I have whole songs that I was like unhappy with, and and I never felt like it totally went anywhere. But but there's good enough chunks in it that I'll save it, and then I go through the book later when I'm looking for an idea. Hmm, cool. And sometimes it's amazing if you save stuff you wrote. Sometimes later, if you just come back to it with fresh eyes, it's like doing a crossword puzzle. You know, you'll you'll go back and you're like, oh, obviously, this is the answer. I feel like sometimes creating art can be a bit like that. If you go back to it fresh with time and you might be different yourself. So mm-hmm. you have something new to bring to the song that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a, an experience a few nights ago where I was trying to come up with ideas and all I could come up with was snippets Mm -hmm. but then the next morning I woke up and it's like they had they had melded together in in your mind while you were asleep so that's the best if you can do that I've not I've not had as much luck with that I know a lot of musicians who 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 sometimes they wake up and they're like oh I had like a whole song and I was like wow my brain doesn't work that hard when I'm asleep apparently (laughs) (laughs) I wish it could work out some of those kinks when it sleeps but instead I dream about weird things like going in search of a giant cabbage or you know odd dreams <laughs> that have nothing to do with <laughs> is that really I've, what you, you um have... i have dreamed about a giant cabbage oh. <laughs> it's not a recurring dream or anything so um but you know i just have weird wacky dreams or superhero dreams where you know Ooh. it's like the boring identity or you know something weird where it's just very action-packed but or very mundane dreams. That's the other end of the really boring spectrum. I have these fantastical dreams, and then I'll have really boring ones like I'm doing my taxes. Ooh, that's fun. It's like it's like you don't <laughs> want to dream about that, you know. There's enough in the real world to keep you bored. Yeah. Um, but it is true. I get I I get ideas from dreams, but I've never been lucky enough to just get a song from a dream. Yeah. 
So I'm hoping. For, for me, <laughs> I feel like if I... Maybe I'm, I need to do more drugs or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for me, it happens when I'm... When I've really been thinking in like music theory terms. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. Because it's like if you can put Especially that if you're doing part, right before you go to bed. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. Is that your brain's still working in that mode. Yeah. 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 Well, one song of yours that I think is my favorite... Mm-hmm is um the song firebird oh yeah you like the dark ones don't you? i do yeah i can tell (laughs) well you know one time someone asked me mother banjo why are you so sad and i was like i'm not really i'm a very happy person but you know we all work out our stuff and there was a period where it was really hard for me it's still not easy for me to write a happy song but i've gotten better at it but firebird is actually one of my favorites because it has an optimism to it even though there's a dark quality to it. loved the story the fairy tale of the firebird of the phoenix rising up from the ashes i actually when i was very young i took dance like all young girls do i took ballet and jazz and i was actually in a performance of the ballet the firebird i was a serpent i was one of the bad guys and i loved well i loved the music that stravinsky wrote for the firebird so i was always i loved the story i loved the music and um i just thought it was a great metaphor for someone who kind of had done something bad and I purposely kept it a little vague there's a few hints you know my prints are on the gun you know mm-hmm. there's a there's a, a few things but basically there was someone that did something really bad not just like oh I, I cheated or I did it was someone who had like really was like again in the ashes you know had had done something bad but felt remorse and wanted to start again and trying to rise above your own misdeeds one thing I was happy with is that the song, I feel like, musically parallels what the lyrics are doing pretty well. So the verses are where you're kind of getting the story of this character are, are really dark and minor and slow. And and then the chorus is big and open and sort of striving for that 
higher level. Rise like a bird and sing. Last line of this song is the devil hasn't won. Devil hasn't won. And I loved ending the a I loved ending the CD on that note of like, it's not over. <laughs> and I don't really believe in the the devil per se, but that whole idea of the demons of ourselves and everything, you know, that this idea that I won't let this darker part of me define me. And um, I really loved that line so much that that's then I wrote the song for the which became the title track to my gospel record. Well, the devil has won. Life has just begun. Gonna jump up, up for joy. Cause the devil has won. Another song that was on Stray Songs and mm-hmm. then you did a new version of mm-hmm. is new, yeah. the song. Maybe you could talk about why... Why recording uh, it twice? Why recording it twice and yeah, what the different mood is. Basically, the song, in a nutshell, is the narrator of the song also kind of missteps. But the chorus is, I want to be new for you. And originally, I wrote it when I was in a new relationship. And I was actually thinking about the baggage we all carry from previous relationships in your own life. And you wish you didn't bring it with you. You wish you could come fresh to every new experience and new relationship and and I was kind of lamenting that but then of course a story kind of evolved from that because it was like well that's a boring song if I just say that I don't want to bring my baggage (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like that's not a good song um but then this other kind of storyline kind of evolved in my mind the first line is I grew fast and fall like corn in night and that kind of was inspired by a a line from Walden, which I actually hate that book, but there's some cool <laughs> lines in it. There's lots of little nuggets yeah. I like, but I actually hated the book as a whole, yeah. which I'm sure well, some, just there'll about... be some comments where people are like, I love Walden. It was so no, inspiring. I had the same thought, though, really? because <laughs> so much of the book is him describing how much and how we... uh, corn he harvested. Right. And how, like, I don't know. But I liked there was a line that wasn't exactly that line, but it was similar to that about about growing fast at night. And I, I was like, that's such a cool image, like it, it just growing fast. And so really, I, I, the person I had in mind was actually like a 16-year-old girl who had like done something kind of, I don't know if something was done to her or she did something bad, but all of a sudden she's like grew up overnight. And um, originally I thought, I want to be new for you. I mean, it could be the person that the narrator is singing to it could be a parent, it could be a lover, it could be could be God. So I liked that idea of like, you're trying to be new for someone. So it's kind of a love song, really, of sorts. And um, originally when I started performing it, I was playing it solo more often, so it had a darker tone to it. So then I just added a, a few instruments to kind of add on that haunting kind of level. Grew fast and fall like corn and night I left them all like crow Darkest sins cast night and day, so I shed my skin, 
started playing as my band was becoming much more active in my music and they were playing on that song it it just it didn't seem so sad anymore and I thought this really could be a gospel song I'd always kind of thought like depending on who you were and what frame of mind you were in you could really read different things into the song and so we re-recorded it for the new albums there's, there's the new new and the old new and whenever the band was playing we were like are we playing the new new or the old new <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, too, about is music promotion, Mm -hmm. because you worked as a music promoter. Mm -hmm. Still do, maybe? Uh, Well, it depends how you define promoter. (laughs) But um, I did work as a publicist, more specifically, for eight and a half years for Red House Records. Yeah, it was really fun, because I basically, it was so easy, because I was such a fan of that record label, so... Like, all those songwriters are some of my favorite songwriters. In fact, some of them, I actually cover some of their songs. For people who maybe aren't very good at promoting (laughs) their music, (laughs) do you have any tips? First of all, find friends or other musicians who will give you good feedback is helpful for any artist. I mean, in general, not just in the promotion game, but really listen to the, like, details of what they're saying about your music. Not just like, oh, I like it. I say, like, well, what do you like about it? And you'll find that there's certain themes that people will pick up on. Like, maybe a lot of people are saying, oh, you you know, I I love your voice, or I love your style of playing, or there's something about your songs that remind me of blah, 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 or, or certain comparisons to other artists that might be useful to you. Because when you have to write about your own music or pitch yourself to someone else, it's helpful to have that kind of language at your disposal. And if you have things that you can say other people have said, it makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask about Sirius and how you got involved in that or how do you? Um, Well, basically, I knew the it it, it does help that when I worked for Red House, I got just got to meet a lot of people, although I never shared. It took me years for me to share my music with these like media people because a it's just weird and I had a and I had been working in the business for a while both as a as a DJ as a publicist and I just I felt that's whole, the whole reason I came up with a stage name in the first place I didn't record under my name because I didn't want people to know I I wanted to kind of hone my craft a little bit before people would come out to shows sure. like I was happy playing at shows where there's like no one who knew me there you know <laughs> like I had to get over you know anxiety and work on my performance and all these kinds of things that are, I, I thought I'd gotten over in elementary school, like performing in front of people. But anytime you do a new thing in front of people, it's scary all over again. And so I really, I developed the mother banjo stage name pretty early on because I wanted a separation and I didn't want, and I didn't also want to capitalize on 
context. I didn't want people to feel like they had to play me so that I would do something else for them or, you know, I, I just, I didn't want to get in that business. But I did have a lot of good contacts. And sometimes I'd be talking with someone for a while, like a radio person or a writer, and we'd just be talking about our lives. And then like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I have a gig tonight. And they'd be like, oh, you have a gig? What's your music like? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> but then I'd send them something. So it was kind of an organic thing. And then Mary Sue Tui, who was one of the hosts and the music directors at the Folk Channel, The Village, on Sirius XM. Again, we were having coffee once, and we had had a lot of Red House artists on the Folk Channel. And she also is a musician. So when she found out I was a musician, she was really excited to hear that. And so she wanted to hear my stuff and I played it. And then the next thing I knew, there were like three songs in rotation. Hmm. It was a wonderful thing. And also Sirius XM, uh, they pay all the royalties they're supposed to. So, I mean, I've actually had income from that. So, And then I was actually out in D.C. playing a gig. And on a whim, I just asked if I, like, oh, you know, is there any opening? I I could do an in-studio or an interview if if you have space, you know? And she's like, yeah. So I did. And it was funny because we, so we did this in-studio performance, which was really fun. And then I found out, you know, in SiriusXM, like everyone's gone through there, like all these famous stars, you know? And well, and there's a lot of famous stars that host shows like Willie Nelson and <laughs> Tom Petty, oh, <laughs> like geez. all these people, you know? And then I went to use the restroom. And, and then when I came back, one of the engineers was like, you know, Paul McCartney was just in here. He used that bathroom. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, I use the same bathroom as Paul McCartney. <laughs> Which, cool. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything, you know? But and I'd like to think it had been disinfected anyway. But um, anyway. <laughs> but um, but so it was. So that's how the SiriusXM thing came. It was really organic through relationships. And that's probably the best advice I'd give to anyone in terms of musicians in general trying to further their careers, especially though in, in publicity. The main trick to publicity yeah, having well-written materials and uh, a language and, a, and an ability to talk about your music is helpful. But more than anything else, it's just relationships. Like anything in the music business, it's like if you develop organic relationships with people, they're at least going to probably listen to your music. It doesn't mean they'll play it. It doesn't mean they'll give you a good review. It doesn't guarantee anything. But at least you've you've made a friend. And if they're a real friend, they might even give you honest feedback. So... um I would really recommend that people don't just like send stuff off and cross their food. Like don't do what I did in the beginning. (laughs) Like actually follow up or get to know the people involved Mm -hmm. whenever you can, especially if you have opportunities for FaceTime, which is why at the Minnesota Music Coalition, we try and do so many networking events so people can actually like meet people and develop relationships as opposed to like we met at a workshop, you know, like so I I think it's really wonderful when people can really connect with someone because I think that's what we're all looking for Mm -hmm. with our music. Just mm-hmm. connect with people. Since I'm always curious about details, <laughs> do you mind me asking what the royalties are for getting played on Sirius? I don't remember. I'd have to look at my the statements, which are ridiculous and long, you know, and it's like <laughs> cents adding up. But I will say there's a, a company, uh, soundexchange.com. It's basically the company that's responsible for distributing payment to artists for internet and satellite radio airplay. So... Folks should sign up with them because it costs nothing to sign up. And that way, if you have a song that ends up, especially on something like Sirius XM where it's getting a lot of play. Now, technically, any internet radio play is also a part of that. But, you know, those that adds up to pennies. The thing with Sirius XM is it's their formulas, of course, there's so many subscribers to Sirius XM and this many people tuned into the channel during this month. You know, it adds up a lot quicker. But I will say that when I first signed up with Sirius XM, 
there was a backlog. They're required to keep your royalties like an account so that if you sign up. So when I first did that and I had the three songs at the time for my 2009 release, and one of them, two of them were songs I hadn't written, but again, it's for the performance. It's for the recording of it. Uh, it added up to several hundred dollars was my first cool. first quarterly statement. And since then, it dropped a bit because that was, again, a backlog. And that was when I had three songs. So now, you know, I might get a hundred or something. Well, Ellen, it's been really fun having you over for a chat. Thank you for having and... me. This has been a, a pure delight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, good luck with the rest of your touring. Thank you. And if uh, folks want more information, they can just go to motherbanjo.com. All the details are there about the touring and any other exciting news about upcoming recordings. Cool. <laughs> Wanna be new for you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Composer Quest with Ellen Stanley. If there's a specific song you liked in this episode, I have links to all of them at composerquest.com slash Ellen. You can always get in touch with me by emailing me, charlie at composerquest.com, or find ComposerQuest on Facebook or Twitter. Now, I'll leave you with a new song Ellen played for me live called A Bird Apart. People sway like trees Flying Humming in the breeze They're all connected now And I won't be left out I've been a bird apart Small wings and a broken heart What crows did before was I never knew What I was before Free, fast and wild Healing from stormy blue It's landed here with you
What I have. 